My thoughts, my opinion. Sports podcast. Yo, what it is? Welcome back to another episode of MTMO Sports Podcast, Dugs. Yo, I am now on a hundred and tenth thought, man. I can't believe that I'm actually really put out this much content, man. And I'm so proud of myself. Let me pat myself on the back for doing that. You feel me? But I swear, man, this show will be dope, you feel me, because I have a special guest, a guy that I kind of look up into in this sports podcast world, man, and it's one of my own grid network buddies, man. I can't wait to show him and, and have him on this platform soon, man, but just remember, just a quick reminder, quick reminder, August 3rd, please join me in my first MTMO uh, live streaming show, man. It's going to be Dope, man. It will be my second year anniversary celebrating MTMO podcast, man. I can't wait to have everybody out there. So please make sure y'all join. Make sure y'all subscribe, share. I want y'all to comment. Throw all the comments inside the comments, man. Because like I said, without y'all, man, this show really would not have been going on uh, for so much. But enough with the rambling man enough with the rambling the special guest that i have on the show today man it's my guy like i said i look up to this man and into the sports world his his sports show is real dope his content is dope the way he handled his show is real dope man like i said i enough talking about him man i cannot wait to introduce my guy my man bryson carver from carving it up on bryce man what it is What's going on, Devin? How you doing? I'm doing oh, I'm doing good, my man. How are you? I'm feeling great, man. I'm excited to be here on the show. Uh, I've, I've been loving what you've been doing here at the network. You've been crushing it here. Uh, you know, my thoughts, my opinion as well as at the bank podcast. So very, very excited. It's, it's, it feels like it's it's a good time for us to collab now. Yeah, man. I, I'm like I said, I'm a big fan of yours, man. And you had me on your show, and it was only right for me to have you back on my show. You feel me? All right, man. Bryce, how you feeling? You say you're doing good, man. So let's talk to the people a little bit, man. Let's let's tell the people well, um, where your show is really based out of. What state? Tennessee, the great state of Tennessee. Oh, man. Okay, great Tennessee. Tennessee of the Vials. Okay, okay. Big Vials fan, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How, All day. How y'all think y'all going to feel? How you think y'all going to do this upcoming season as far as football and then college basketball? Well, college basketball, we, we've been a perennial tournament team. Uh, we have yet to get past the Sweet 16 to this point. We've been there twice under Coach Barnes. But, uh, you know, listen, we've recruited well. We've done well in the transfer portal. So, uh, you know, I, I don't discount anything in terms of whether or not we could get to, uh, you know, maybe get to the Elite Eight, dare I say the Final Four. I mean, listen, we've, we've had some some crazy, uh, you know, we, we have had some crazy Final Four teams the last few years. As far as football, and I'm not, I don't think I – I don't want to sound too much like a homer when I say this. Uh, <laughs> don't discount the Tennessee Volunteers being the college football playoff, Devin. That's all I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. I can't, you know, I'm a U fan, so I, I really can't talk <laughs> too loud, talk too much about that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, let, let's let's tell the people about your uh podcast, man. Carving it up, man. Where where did the name come from? How do it start, man? 
Carving it up. So uh, the show, or at least the idea for the show, started almost, I can't believe it's been this long, almost four years ago. So uh, I, I remember vividly, we were, me and my family, uh, my parents, my sister, we were driving around, uh, you know, driving around town, and just something came up. I, I remember we were talking about sports, and I was giving my opinion on something because the football season just started at that point. And my dad just threw out the idea, how about you start a podcast? And I'm thinking, man, I, I never really thought of that being necessarily an option, but I did more research, you know, got the equipment and whatnot. Uh, and then the name, Carving It Up, came. My name is Bryson Carver, so obviously playing out the last name. My sister came up with that, so I give her all the credit in the world uh, for for uh, you know for coming up with carving it up. And then as far as the format of my show, uh, different ideas I've done for it, I give all the credit in the world to my mother, uh, who still to this day is 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 the number one contributor in terms of uh, you know how to how to you know sort of theme the show, how to put it together. So uh, I'll give all three all the credit in the world. And um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going on. I heard it's your you know coming up a two year anniversary, which is is freaking awesome. Uh, you know. October 21st, 2019 was when I did my first show, started going live in January. I forgot the day, but it was January of 2021. I remember it was after the conference championship games uh, in the NFL, but uh been having a blast ever since. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty dope to be here and hope to see it continue to grow. Yeah. I hope to see it continue to grow too, man. Cause like I said, I'm a big fan of your show. Um, where do you, where do you think you're going your show can be at in the next couple of years, man? Where do you see your show being on? You know, what type of platform do you where do you see your show like is going to like an ESPN or FS1 or stuff like that? Or is that even your goal to even reach? I mean, to be completely transparent with you, that is for my career. I don't know about my show. I think I've all my show, I think, is one I want to be kind of exclusive to me, so, you know, in terms of what I can do with it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think as far as a career choice, that is the goal. Whether it be at an ESPN or a FS1 or, you know, another major sports network, that is ultimately the career that I do want to pursue. Uh, I'm in college right now, so trying to, you know, you know, chip away at that at that goal eventually. And uh, and, and yeah, I, I look at carving it up. Yeah, I obviously want to see it continue to grow. I don't want to necessarily put a ceiling on it because, you know, it just reaching tiny, small goals. I have like personal stuff that I think about in terms of where I want it to be. Um, but I, I, I think for... For, for the show, I, I, I've thought about it you know, recently, the last four years or so, using it as a uh, almost like practice, right, Devin? Like mm -hmm. you use it almost kind of like to get better, to to fine-tune your skills. Like, you know, sometimes I'm sure you feel this way. Sometimes you'll you'll come off doing a show. You're like, man, I, I think I was kind of on fire, right? I was getting my opinions out there quickly. I was I was kind of on a roll, you know, good mm -hmm. research and whatnot. I mean, you know, sometimes we're, we're human. You come off your show like, yeah, I thought could have been a little bit better. That's kind of how you carving it up um, mm -hmm. and certainly not wanting to cheat the audience in that regard because I think, you know, we all as content creators owe it to them to give them the best product possible. But right. uh, that, that's kind of how, how I view my show. And, and individually, that is you know, what you were mentioning. That is absolutely the goal to, to get there in my career at some point. Ah, man, like I said, man, I, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm hoping for you. Got my fingers crossed that you actually get that, that all of us can get there, especially from absolutely. the Great Network, man. Because I believe that the Great Network, we have dope creators, man. Like the creators that we have, the like Ryan, yourself, Shout out to Barry who actually started the network. And um, we got Patrick with the Lakers, man. And so it is just and my guy Pernell, man. Shout out to Pernell. I was on his show last night. Yeah. On uh Commanders on Demand. Please, everybody go check out that podcast, man. That that was a dope show that we did last night, Baltimore versus DC. But yeah, the, the network we have dope creators on here, and I, I I hope that all of us can get where whatever goal that we are trying to reach, man, that we get there. Amen to that. Right. Amen to that. All right, man. You ready to get these topics started, man? Because I, I understand you're a Golden State Warrior fan, so you know I had to – 
get some Golden State news up for you. You feel me? You ready for this, Bryson? I'm ready for anything you throw at me, Devin. Let's go. All right, man. The first guy I want to talk about is him, the point guard. The key has been now traded to the Golden State Warriors. And my opinion, I, I'm still trying to figure out the fit. I, I feel that he's he's still going to be Chris Paul. I believe he's still got some juice left in the game. I still believe he's able to contribute to the game. But the style of offense that Golden State really runs, I'm trying to see how do CP3 really fit in there. What's your, what's your opinion on him being traded to Golden State? I think Golden State, um, as far as – I'll start with the fit because that's what you brought up first. I think that's a question that I actually posed on my show either a week or two weeks before they made the trade in that you've seen a lot – I've been a Warriors fan since I was since the 2013-14 season. That was the last year with Mark Jackson. They won 50 games, lost to the Clippers. And then obviously since then they've, they've went on this incredible run. But uh, I, I talked about this in the show that – what does Golden State want to commit to in terms of what they run offensively? And to somebody who maybe is is you know doesn't watch every Warriors game, like well they they've run this kind of motion offense with Steve Kerr, very different than what they ran with with Mark Jackson. Now that mm-hmm. you've seen them the last couple of years, they've run a lot of pick and roll with Steph, uh, be it with Kevon Looney with Draymond Green, uh, you know so some DHO stuff like that. So. The question is, would they stick to that or go back to what they were originally? And I pose that question because you saw it to a certain degree in the playoffs. It was Steph was Steph. We understand what he can be on a night-to-night basis, but it kind of hurt Clay to a certain degree because Clay is a guy who, you know, just like Steph, is great moving without the ball. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily a stationary guy where it's just throwing the ball, catch and shoot, or he creates his own shot. That's never really been his game. Um, and so I think Golden State training for Chris Paul has shown that they're sort of going all in. At least again, we'll have to see how the season plays out when it starts in October. But sort of this commitment to the pick and roll because we know that's that's Chris Paul's bread and butter. It's what he's done for right. you know, yes. basically two decades. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Steph is is great in that regard. So my question is, you know, continues to be, what's that going to look like for Clay Thompson? I think CP3 is going to flourish in it. I think Steph's going to flourish in it. Uh, they still have some other guards who who, who who could be good, you know, in that system. Um, but I, I think as far as the fit, I think it's going to work with. CP3. Uh, as far as the trade itself, I mean, folks, <laughs> folks who follow Carving It Up Live know that I've been trying to. I, I, I don't know if I ever pose it to you, but different guests who came on the show, I'm like, hey, you can have Jordan Poole. Can we have like a, you know a box of cookies or something? I, I, you, you can have them. You can have them. And it sucks too, Devin, because I was a big Jordan Poole guy when he got drafted out of Michigan uh, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Loved his growth and development. Uh, but you saw obviously last year uh, with the, uh, of course, the punch with Draymond Green and what led to that. Uh, you saw this sort of disconnect between he and obviously Draymond, but Steve Kerr as well, Steph Curry. So uh, I hated to see that that downward trend, but at the same time, listen, I'm a fan. I want, I want to see my team have the best opportunity to win championships, and I don't think there's a question that Chris Paul puts them that much closer, certainly than Jordan Poole does at this at this particular juncture in time. So do you think that now, like, let's keep on this, this fit situation. Draymond is pretty much the point forward. You know, he's running yeah. the, the offense running pretty much run through him. Now, when him and CP is on the floor together, because I'm pretty sure they're going to have time that they're on the floor together, and I'm pretty sure in the beginning of the season is the is where you can really find out can these guys really work together. Where do you? How do you see that fit really uh, working out? Is is will CP be the guy that stands in the corner? Uh, Draymond is still going to be the guy that runs up and down the floor and, and, and can, uh, control the offense, or is Draymond going to have a, a, a role reversal now? CP might be the guy that runs the offense. What's your opinion on that? 
Yeah, I think it's a fair question to ask, and it's one that I'm looking forward to seeing you know, once the season does start, maybe even to a certain degree in preseason. I know there's the question, and CP3 kind of bristled at it, like, you know, come off the bench, and he told a reporter, he said, hey, who made you the coach? Like, I, you know, I, 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 who said anything about come off the bench? So I, I think that is going to be a conversation that happens between he and Steve Kerr, but you're right. There are going to be points where he and Draymond are on the floor, uh, you know, potentially in if – Golden State likes to go small, typically at the end of games, last five minutes. They might be in the floor in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be, as far as CP3 and Draymond, we got to wait and see how that plays out. But as far as just CP3 individually, I don't think it's going to be as big of a factor as some are making it out to be. Remember, he played with James Harden in Houston. James is a very uh, successful, or certainly was a very successful on-ball guy. Chris Paul would you know, stand off on the winger in the corner, and he still right. was a very effective uh, player in this league. And to a certain degree, Devin Booker's not really a true point, but Devin Booker's a guy you know, again, on ball score, he's solid off the ball, but that's where he gets, you know, most of his points and most of his offensive production and CP three would play off the ball sometimes. So I don't think is from CP three's perspective from Draymond, maybe a different story, but for CP three, uh, I don't think it's going to be as big of an adjustment in that regard, in terms of playing off the ball uh, as, as some might be making it out to be. Yeah, I got you on that one. Now my, my, another question as they were just popping in my head, we was talking about clay a little bit. Where do you, where do we see Clay fitting in now? You know, because like I said, he's the guy that pretty much he can hide a little bit because at times that when Steph gets going, Steph is he's cooking. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and and now you know Clay can take time off. Now that you have pretty much three guys that can control the offense now, it's like where does this fit for Clay at now? Where do Clay still fit in this offense? Is this the guy that? He's going to be taking the backseat because you still got Andrew Wiggins. You yep. you know what I mean? You still got Looney. You still got a lot of other players that can go get theirs. And and, and I feel like Clay is kind of declining to that fourth and fifth type of score now. You know, um, so where, 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 where do he really fit now in this offense now that you have three guys that really can control the offense? Yeah, and that's you know I was you know mentioning that earlier when I was talking about CP3 fit the CP3's fit. That's gonna be the question I think for Clay is because the, again I think that's some of it was Clay was you know he missed some wide open shots in the playoffs like that's yeah. that's you know as they it's the old cliche it's a make or miss league and you know again Clay especially in that Lakers series really struggled. Um, and that's gonna be the question for him is that you know he is what is he 32, 33 years old mm-hmm. obviously came off of two major surgeries I thought. He had an okay season coming off of, uh, you know, obviously the Achilles in the season where Golden State won the title. Uh, but I figured, you know, hey, this is a full off season. Now he gets an opportunity to focus on getting better as opposed to rehabbing his body. And listen, by all, you know, by all metrics, I mean, listen, he led the league in three pointers. Not like Clay had a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. He averaged right, twenty. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's gonna be the question. Is obviously he's not the defensive player he used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Shooting the basketball, guys can play till they're forty five years old as long as they can shoot. Uh, and so I, I don't think that's gonna be the issue for Clay. But uh, from a fit perspective, that is a question. And and as far as a business perspective too, this is the last year of Clay's max contract. He'll obviously be eligible, uh, you know, coming up next off season. And that's and and it's why I've and it hurts me to my soul to even suggest <laughs> this, but I don't think it would be a depending on what the returns would be, an insane idea to move Clay Thompson. Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. more the consistent second score. Obviously, we know what Draymond gives you on both ends, particularly the defensive end. Now you have Chris Paul as a bench scorer. They just added Dario Saric, Corey Joseph, guys who are capable you know, of getting their own shots and being spot-up shooters. Uh, you know, Kevon Looney, who's a double-double threat any given night. And it's mm-hmm. sort of, I, I'm with you. Like Clay's fit is, is a bit of a question mark, and again, we'll see how that, how that works moving forward. What think what do you think his value is now then? You know, with with the injuries, with the kind of a 
little bit of a step back a little bit. You know, I'm not going to say a, a, a lot of a step back. You know, sure. but Clay's no longer the, the Clay we he was maybe about five, six years ago. Um, so where you see his trade value actually been? Because I, I don't see you getting a lot of back, a lot of trade value back from any team, really. You know, a desperate team will really be like, oh, we we, we still believe in Clay, like uh, Orlando Magics or maybe Atlanta Hawks, who's still trying okay. to figure out, you know, that what they're trying to do. Cause you know, they just gave Deshante Murray that, that contract, uh, contract extension. So what, what, what good trade value do you see you getting out of clean now? Well, as far as, you know, as uh, Clay's trade value is going to be completely hinged on what his contract looks like. Uh, or, or, you know, again, something too. And we're seeing this too, certainly to a much larger degree in Major League Baseball. The question about, hey, would the Angels move Shohei Otani? And that question, I talked about it last week on my show, is, you know, because obviously everybody knows he's going to leave the Angels this offseason, is that mm-hmm. does the team that trade trades for him, are they 100%, not 99, are they 100% sure that he's going to sign a long term deal with them? And if not, you don't make that deal and give up the farm system. I think the same thing applies to Clay Thompson is. Like if it were, I know Clay's been linked to the Lakers for years. His dad played there. He's from you know from the West Coast. Grew up a Lakers fan. Uh, you know, would that be an option? Um, and again, I, I think, listen, if Clay stays in Golden State in a pay cut, I'm much more willing to keep him around. But I think he'd be you know uh, uh, eligible for a contract to pay him forty five, fifty million dollars a year. And the fact of the matter is, he's just not that player to this at this point in his career. Um, as far as teams that might want to trade for him, I, I, I have a rule in the NBA. It's the same thing in the NFL that uh, when in doubt, when it comes to trades, go to the Minnesota Timberwolves and they'll, they'll, they'll give you a return. <laughs> we, we know. And, and, and it's I've talked about this on my show before that we see in the NBA and the NFL, like the Patriots for years, notice they always made trades with like Detroit and Cleveland, the dumb organization, so to speak. The organization mm-hmm. didn't know what they were doing. Uh, you've seen Colton State do the same. I mean, they I still to this day can't, not, cannot believe how we fleece Minnesota on the Andrew Wiggins trade because all we had to give up was D'Angelo Russell. And not only did we get Wiggins, we got Jonathan Kaminga because of the lottery pick. So, you know, we, we know the deal that Minnesota did with Rudy Gobert. It's it's one of the, the worst that we've ever seen in, in American sports. So, yeah. listen, call Minnesota. They, they may give us cap for all I know. I mean, you, you never know what, what, what they'll do. So, uh, I, I, when in doubt, call Minnesota. Hey, 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 I think the cat will will love to come and go to state. <laughs> oh, I think any, any big man that really gets out of Minnesota because you see what Kevin Garnett did, yep. you see what Kevin Love did. I think Carl Eddie Towns needs to do the same thing. Also, what's your what's your projected starting five for Golden State this year? In in your eyes, you don't have to be the the the, the basic. You know what I mean? Who do you, where do you think your your starting five, your best starting five? I should say would be going into the season with Golden State this year with the addition of CP3. Listen, I if it you know if I'm Coach Kerr and depending on what those as I mentioned conversations with CP looks like, I'd I'd roll up the exact same starting five they had last year because folks forget you know Andrew Wiggins did miss two months because of the personal issue uh, mm-hmm. from about February mid February to right when the playoffs started game one against Sacramento. Uh, you know obviously you got the score and Steph, spot up shooter you know capable of going for twenty a night. A guy in Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins is your best two-way player, can give you 15 to 20, great perimeter defense. Draymond is the jack of all trades, sort of, and Looney is your great center slash, you know, sort of offensive rebound, great in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I, I think Chris Paul obviously is a very different player in terms of his, you know, how he plays the game than Jordan Poole is, but he's, right. he's sort of your, your, your spark plug off the bench, can score, can get other guys involved. Uh, but, you know, folks forget that 
you know, that Warriors lineup, you know, I'm not a huge advanced metrics and numbers guy, but if you, across the board, they were the best starting five in the NBA, or at least top three uh, much of last season. But again, you had injuries to Steph, you had the personal issue with Wiggins, and so they weren't mm-hmm. able to really build a ton of, you know, uh, I shouldn't say chemistry, they know how to play with each other, but, you know, weren't able to get any kind of role at any point during the season, which is a part, part of the reason they went out in the second round. So I'd roll out the same starting five as last year. Uh, as far as what a closing lineup would look like, I think that's what you mentioned you know, with Chris Paul, uh, mm-hmm. you know, coming in there. That's going to be dependent on obviously, and it's it's always been the case in Golden State, who's hot, who's playing well, and who you're playing. Like if you were playing the, um, I'm trying to think of a small, t- like uh, Sacramento to a certain degree is kind of a small team. You could probably bit. roll out three guards with Draymond and Wiggins, have Draymond play the five. But if you're playing a team like say the Denver Nuggets with Jokic and obviously Aaron Gordon's a big long player, you're probably mm-hmm. have to you know put out Kevon Looney or another big Sarge or somebody. So. Uh, as far as closing line, that's going to depend dependent on on who you're playing and who's hot and who's not. But as far as starting five, I'd roll out the same five that they did the last couple of years if it were me. Right. Same here, same here. I, I wouldn't change up a beat, you know, either with Chris Paul coming in. I, I feel like Chris Paul is at the age now that he should be coming off the bench, and I, I think he would be a, a big contributor coming off the bench because you 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 have the a lot of young guys, Kaminga. You have Moody. You have. Um, well, I would say Wiseman, but y'all gave Wiseman up. Yeah. Um, but you have a lot of young guys. Gary Payton. That, yeah, Gary Payton. You have a lot of young guys that kind of gets lost when Steph and Draymond maybe can get off the floor. And that can now give Steph a little bit more breathing time. You don't have to play him as much because you have CP3 that can really control the game. And I think him and Looney in that pick and roll, it is going to be killer. Yeah. I, if, if people was sleeping on Looney these last couple of years – I think this is going to be the year that he could have a little bit um, skyrocketing his numbers as far as points-wise. I think that um, you see how he developed Aiton a little bit, and Aiton was was kind of a lost cause um, before CP got there. And then once CP got there, it, that pick and roll was was deadly. It was, and something else too about you know Chris Paul. What do we know about what he loves in terms of you know his offensive game? He loves a pick and roll. He loves a lob threat. He had that in Houston with Capella. Obviously, Lob City with with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan with the Clippers. You had Aiton in Phoenix. Well, now mm-hmm. you got a kid. You mentioned Jonathan Kaminga. That's that's you know that's really where he's dangerous in the offensive end. So Chris Paul getting him involved in that regard, I think is is uh, Draymond Green was talking about that on Paul George's podcast. I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I I, I think so. So since we talk about perfect sense now. Mike Dunleavy is now y'all GM now. Um, what's your reaction of him, and where do you do you see him really putting a good imprint on what Bob Myers was had did in the pre, uh, previous years? Well, first of all, salute to Bob Myers for you know building the he he was one of the guys who literally built this thing from mm-hmm. from nothing. I mean, there was a stretch where you know the Warriors made the playoffs, I think once in like a 17-year stretch. And I think that was the We Believe season in 07, right. the eight-seed Warriors, which beat the one-seed Mavs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so salute to Bob Myers. I was obviously, you know, I, I was certainly sad when when he decided to step away, but you know, props to him and and you know, best of wishes for you know whatever his future endeavors are. As far as Mike Dunleavy Jr. has been in the organization a few years, uh, I don't think there's any better uh you know guy to sort Sort of, uh, uh, you know, shadow and, and look at in terms of how to do business in Bob Myers. And the great mm-hmm. thing about M- Mike Dunleavy Jr. is he's coming to, needless to say, a very different situation in Golden State than what Bob Myers came into. He's in a re- this is a win now situation. This is why they moved Jordan Poole. Um, mm-hmm. To a certain degree, I think he's had he has a solid relationship with some of the players. He obviously did play himself in the NBA. Um, so I, I, I think he's. 
listen, I, I don't think he has to make any sort of crazy sweeping changes in Golden State, at least as currently constructed. Uh, mm -hmm. So right now, I, I think his job is, is relatively easy. I think his first big move is going to be whether or not they decide to pay Clay Thompson, let him walk, you know, trade him, whatever the case may be. But uh, as for right now, I think he's in a good spot. I think he'll do a solid job. Um, do you think Steve Kerr's job is still safe? You know, with a new GM, normally sometimes new voices need to come along. And I'm not saying that Steve Kerr's job is on the line, but you know, sometimes it, things, changes do happen. You see how Mark Jackson was able to still make a 50 win team, but still he had to get the exit. And, you know, Steve right. Kerr was, you know, shout out to Steve Kerr, but I, I still believe that. The Jack, if it wasn't for Mark Jackson, the Warriors would not have had that foundation uh, that they have now. Um, so do you think that Steve Kerr will still still have a safe seat a little bit? He still he, he still be able to control that team, still be that voice of that team. Well, I think as far as to your point about Mark Jackson, I, I'm still to this day. I, I every single May, June, I am beating this table talking about why can't Mark Jackson get a job? It drives me crazy. It drives um, me crazy. And, and I, I'm I'm with you. Listen, he did build the foundation in Golden State, and I've heard Steph and Draymond talk about numerous numerous occasions. Uh, the biggest impact he made was not just helping the develop and whatnot, but it was about you know having those those young guys you know build confidence. I mean, he said, uh, "What is it, 11, 12 years ago? Hey, this this Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, these guys, the greatest shooting backcourt ever." It's like. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com. What the heck this guy talking about? And you know, I think it's fair to say I don't, I, I don't think that's exactly a hot take these days anymore. So you know, props oh, to Mark Jackson. Um, I, I think was yeah, I, th I think Steve Kerr is you know like you mentioned, there's, there's plenty of situations where new GM and sometimes even a new owner comes in, they want to clean house. We saw that in Phoenix with Monty Williams losing his job with, you know, Matt Ishbia coming in the new owner. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think that'll be a, the situation here in Golden State. Steve Kerr has been a staple that of that franchise for 10 years. He's one of the most well-respected guys for getting Golden State, just the NBA in general. Um, and so now I, I, I would be, I would be beyond stunned if they decided to, if, if, if there were even a, the slightest report, Hey, Steve Kerr's job might be in jeopardy. I'd be like, yeah, then, then, you know, fire Mike Dunleavy Jr. for you if you fire Steve Kerr. That's, that'd be crazy. But no, I, I think Steve Kerr is – is if Steve Kerr's job isn't safe, then there's not a coach in sports whose job is safe. I mean, the man's – you know, he just had a streak broken of of uh, not getting to the finals when he makes the playoffs. I think uh, I think we, we, I think he's going to be just fine. Nah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I would be devastated if Steve Kerr would lose this job opportunity. Oh, also. yeah. I, I think Golden State will be in like a full rebuild mode if that if that was to happen because I, I feel like Steve Kerr doesn't get enough credit. I think he's like the glue of Golden State in my opinion. He's able to the way you know like how Katie and Draymond got into it. The situation didn't really the team didn't fall apart. The team was able to stick together and was able to still 
go deep into the playoffs. The Jordan Poole and, and, and Draymond situation. I felt like uh, that situation should have been blown up. If it was me and I was Jordan Poole, I'd have been the pettiest guy in the world. We, me and Draymond would have been fighting every day until they <laughs> until somebody got rid of one of us. You know what I mean? Right, but, right. But the, the, that distraction, I thought, was really going to hold Golden State back. But the way that distraction did not hold Golden State back and it was still able to get a deep playoff run, you know, shout out to my Lakers for stopping me y'all on that one. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I just found out you're a Lakers fan two seconds ago, and I'm just disgusted with you right now. It's, uh, I didn't think I want to do the show anymore. See ya. <laughs> That's fine. You can go ahead. <laughs> but no, um, I, I just feel like that Steve Kerr is, is the glue and is the guy for the job. And I, I don't think that Mike Dunleavy should even think about moving no. Steve Kerr anytime soon, man. But speaking of moving, we have one player that now has been moved on from Golden State. And I thought that he was going to be the upcoming of stuff. But Golden State thought otherwise. Our guy, Jordan Poole, is now a Washington Wizard. And it took me a while to actually find a picture of him even slightly smiling a little bit. <laughs> or, or that picture it's right awesome. there. What are we talking about? Cause it, it was hard. It was like, wow, is is he happy at in Washington, man, or is he just ready to start his new journey? Is he focused? Is he determined on bringing Washington, man? What's your reaction of y'all uh, trading Jordan Poole for Chris Paul? Listen, unless it's a guy getting drafted, because obviously getting drafted is, is a dream come true for anybody, obviously, in the NBA. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I cannot imagine, you know, being – it's one thing to Washington be your only option. It's another thing to be, you know, shipped off from the best-run organization in the league to the Washington Wizards, who I, I, I checked. They've won, like – I think they've won five playoff series in, like, 45 years. They're a train wreck of an organization. So, from in Jordan's Bulls defense, Bulls defense, I can't – I can't necessarily blame him for being all that, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, to a certain degree. Uh, but yeah, listen, I, I was with you. Like I said, I was, um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I was, you know, a lot of folks hated the Jordan Poole draft in 2019. I remember specifically one CBS analyst calling it the worst pick of the draft. And, mm -hmm. you know, years later, again, you see the pool development toward the end of a second year. He played very well, come off of his G League stint. Third mm -hmm. year, obviously, was how he really how he got the bag. He played great in the playoffs, was was big time, you know, whenever Steph missed games. And yeah, you know, I, I listen, I was the guy every time Jordan Poole hit, you know, three shots of raw, I'd be tweeting, it's a pool party, and just you know, <laughs> get your get your nerf water guns out of here and, and let's let's celebrate. Uh, but again, there seemed to be a a real disconnect, and not just it wasn't just Evan the issue with with uh, where Jordan Poole had a problem with Draymond, which listen, yeah, I can understand that. I, I can't say I'd be on the greatest of terms the guy that socked me in the jaw. Um, right. But yeah, you know, listen, it, it, there seemed to be an issues you know with him and Steph. Uh, I remember vividly Steph getting tossed out of a game in January for throwing his mouthpiece. He was so ticked off at a Jordan Poole you know a bad shot selection at the end of a game. Uh, mm -hmm. He had numerous problems with Steve Kerr, who yes, you know, listen, Steve coaches guys hard, but he, he you know he took Jordan Poole to to another level in that regard. But it was the it was the inefficient shooting. It was the careless turnovers, uh, you know, taking, you know, 35 foot threes with 16 <clears throat> seconds left on the shot clock when you missed your last four in a row. Uh, like, you know, maybe, maybe try and run some offense. Maybe, you know, get a little quick cut to the basket, get to the line, something uh, that helps your basketball team uh, score in some regard. But uh, yeah, listen, I, I've been, um, and it's it, like I said, it's been sad. I still got my Jordan Poole closet in the very uh, Jordan Poole jersey in the very back of my closet, and probably to, to never be worn again. I might put it on eBay. Who knows? But uh, listen, like I said, I, I was I was a Jordan Poole guy, and um, the, this the, let's just say this last season changed things uh, quite a bit in that regard, on and off the court. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, you know, I didn't follow Jordan Poole that closely, didn't know that he it was a lot of dysfunction in that organization with him, dealing with him. You know, once that that Draymond punch, I I, I would jump on Jordan Poole's side quickly and I never really looked back to see anything else, you know, in in his character. Now, at times on the court, I've seen Jordan Poole try to launch threes and try to do this, you know, try to take over a game and be that guy. And, And I, I feel like he he had that green light to do it, but at times, like you said, within 16 seconds left, you kind of had the IQ of the game to say, hold on, maybe maybe this 32-footer ain't, ain't the shot right now. Maybe I should try to work uh, step into the offense. And maybe because, you know, nine times out of ten, Steph is not going to take the shot. He's going to take the best play, in my opinion. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Jordan Poole can most definitely get the ball right back with his five seconds left. He can do his little dance moves that he liked to do. Um, So in that regards, I I felt like that was a disconnect there, especially on the on court um, type thing. I felt like he started his own offense and and I felt like he didn't try to play through what what got him the bag. I think what what got him the bag is where he played through the offense and he and he thrived through the offense. So I think the offense fit him perfectly. He didn't have to do this ISO dance moves and anything in this nature. So I, I felt like once he I think that bag got into his head. And and and, yeah, and I think that's what maybe carried over to the off off the court issues with Steve Kerr, Draymond, and the rest of the organization. So I I I'm I was a little shocked that y'all gave away Jordan Poole. Um that fast after, you know, give him that contract. And the thing too, is that, you know, Golden State, you know, we, we talk about teams that are win now, Moni, you know, Golden State's probably, uh, I've, I've religiously said, I think Steph's going to be the Tom Brady of the NBA, not the saying he's going to be the greatest player ever, but mm. saying, I think he's going to be still a, maybe not a great player, but still a very effective player. If he's chooses to continue to play into his forties, uh, just mm-hmm. because of how he plays the game. Uh, but again, I think with Jordan, you make a good, that's a great point that, you know, listen, he did play with well within Golden State's offense. He was a perfect fit. He was the ideal guy to come off the bench for Steph or to start mm-hmm. in place of an injured Steph from time to time. Uh, and, and again, he sort of got out of that. I, I don't know if the – listen, I, I don't know whether to take this as a serious report or not or just a rumor, but – I don't know if you saw where uh, was it Cam Cameron was his name the the rapper who was talking about how uh, Jordan oh, Cameron was, Cameron yeah he was saying certain things about uh, uh, uh Draymond Green apparently according to him he said that the the comment that pushed Draymond over the edge to the infamous punch now that we we see today is the uh, you uh, why you got money in your uh, in your Twitter handle and you you, you about to be broke because obviously Draymond didn't have a long term <laughs> deal I don't know if I totally believe that but I, I don't listen. Michigan, Michigan State rival. I, I don't. I don't discount anything. Who knows? Yeah, uh, who knows? But you know, I, I still wouldn't hit that guy like that. I, <laughs> come on, like I got, I got it. You know, but all right. Now that he's in Washington, where where do you see him as the leader score in Washington, or do you see him as the guy that's going to take take over for Washington? Where 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 do you see Jordan Poole fitting in Washington now? Well, Kyle Kuzma is a mid-20s type of guy in terms of scoring the basketball. Obviously, we've seen him sort of, you know, p- pretty much by necessity kind of have to take over that role uh, after mm-hmm. he was traded, you know, by the Lakers and the Westbrook deal. Uh, and I think you're, I think, I, listen, I still think Kuzma is kind of the lead guy in that regard because obviously they do trade Porzingis, who was a, you know, 23 and nine guy. Uh, and Jordan Poole, obviously, very, very different player from, uh, from Porzingis. Here's one thing I do know about Jordan Poole. We're going to have some House of Highlights tapes of him taking over games in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to see him go on one of these pool party, so to speak, stretches. Uh, and, and then, you know, it's going to kind of disappear. We're not going to see a whole lot of House of 
Pilots Bleacher Report post Sports Center for another three weeks. Uh, because listen, when he gets in, the, he's like a, a hitter that's in a three week slump. Like when he's mm-hmm. in a slump, when he can't put bat to ball, like it's very apparent. And the same thing with Jordan Poole that uh, he can be 35 points per game one night and he can be uh, five points a game, you know, for a two week stretch. Like it's, uh, but listen, he'll take a lot of shots of Washington. The Wizards, obviously, in a loaded East, I don't anticipate going anywhere. Uh, and you know, listen, he'll 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 get to be Jordan. Like that's that, that that's all I know. I don't know if that's a good thing. I'm pretty confident that's not. But hey, Washington really didn't really have much of a hope anyway. So might as well get some highlights here and there. Yeah, I'm most definitely seeing Jordan. The thing I see Jordan Poole will get out of Washington is I think you will see a lot of All Star appearances because you are now able to, to really to do the Jordan Poole stuff that he wanted to do. I think that now we be able to see a Jordan Poole averaging. He have to. He's going to have to average twenty two a night. He has to now to be an all star. Yes. Oh, I think he's going to. I think he's it, maybe twenty five. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Washington's not going anywhere. <clears throat> so to have, you know, be a, a player on a losing team making the all star game, you've got to average at least high twenties. Like it's got to be. You know, you're like top ten in the league in scoring or something. So I, I think that's. But, yeah, you know, listen, you never know. He is still young, so, you know, certainly rooting for his development. Yeah, because you got to sit here and think that Washington has a good three core so far to start off uh, to be a average team a little bit or maybe trying to be one of them teams that can fight for a play-in. You have a Tyus yeah. Jones who can pretty much run an offense. I, like I think Tyus Memphis – Memphis lost one on that one. You know, you I can't agree. give a guy that pretty much when Ja went down or is not around that can still run your offense. So I, I think Washington gets the point guard pretty much like a general, almost like a Chris Paul type state. He's able to control the offense. And then you have two stars that can pretty much give you – they can give you 20-plus a night. Sure. You know what I mean? Given if they if they on a hot streak, you know, because both of them are streaky shooters or all streaky – uh, scores because one minute Kyle Kuzma can give you 30 and then disappear the next two games. And so, so can Jordan Poole. So in, in my eyes, I think this duo is a good duo in the making, but I have to see more. I have to see something from them. I I, I don't want to see the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. Right. I, I think that that's where Boston really lacks on offense. And, and, Washington to Washington, the credit. They, I'm pretty sure they is going to have your turn, my turn type scoring because they're trying to figure each other out. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that Jordan Poole will can can thrive in this role. I, I I can see him maybe being that guy. Like, oh man, that's that guy that Golden State let go. Man, I don't know. They got an aging Chris Paul, and they left this fountain of youth go. And and and, and I think he can be that guy. Now, is he mentally? Can be that guy is the question I, right. I I really have to see. I really have to see. So do you see Washington as a play-in team with this duo, or do you still see Washington a struggling franchise? They're Washington. I don't have any expectations. <laughs> no, I do not see them as a play-in team. I don't. Sorry. Well, <laughs> That's just I mean, listen, you what you want to answer on KV and answer. So definitely <laughs> gave it straight to the point. No, it's not happening. Nah, I don't I, I really don't see it either. I, I think that these this team is they need new ownership also. I think they yeah. need to go ahead and, and and the same way they're doing with Snyder, you know, getting rid of the uh out of him getting him out of the commands. I think they need to do the same for 
Because I don't even know who is the owner of Washington, but whoever it is is doing a shit show job, man. Because you can't, you, 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 the teams that they have, the players that they have, it's not like Washington had trash players. No, they had no, they a, John, a John Wall, Bradley Bill, Gilbert Arenas, a Karan Butler, Antoine Jameson. They had like teams that can, can be a, a scary team, but then. It's just like after a while, Washington just be like, we're not going to put no more money into our roster. We're just going to go ahead and get these G League players or these league minimum players, and we're just going to rock out like that. And I just felt like Washington is tanking, but they're not doing a good job tanking because they don't get yeah. they don't get no lottery picks. They don't they don't get nothing when they tank. So I don't know what Washington doing. I, I most definitely don't see Washington being in no playoff or play in contention. And one thing too about them is that uh, you, know, you you bring up a great point about you know they're they're doing a terrible job of this whole rebuilding process. And again, I, I heard somebody say that uh, we need to stop. We need to not call it rebuilding for them. Again, they've won five playoff series in forty some years. It's more of just a build. What are they rebuilding from? Like uh, you know, uh, uh, Wes Unseld back in the seventies. I mean, what, what, what are we talking about? But uh, you know, I, I think the thing too for you know Washington and any team in sports, like the the absolute worst place to be in sports is right smack dab in the middle or maybe slightly below that to mediocre, right? Like Mm -hmm. the best place to be is obviously you're at the top, you're competing for championships. The second best is your garbage, but at least you have a, 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 a set goal and objective. Hey, let's get the coach, right? Let's, you know, draft certain players, bring some veterans and free agents in. And and you bring up an interesting point about the the ownership with the wizards. Obviously we we know what the situation was, you know, with the commanders in the NFL, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, it's weird that Washington is kind of the only big market city in all professional sports that really doesn't get free agents. And I think a lot of that probably stems from the ownership because, you know, we think about LA, New York, Miami, even Dallas to a certain degree, like, you know, mm-hmm. star free agents go to these cities and Washington, Chicago, Washington, that's really, you know, really not the case. And maybe ownership is, you know, has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Cause Washington got, got some good attractions, you know, they got sure. the MGM. Yeah. yeah. They got the national Harbor. They, uh, they got good museums. It's, it's, I don't know why people wouldn't come to Washington. Maybe because it's not a real state. Maybe. Who knows? I guess not. That may change soon, though. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Anything could be possible. You know, the crime. Anything could be possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let's move on, man. Let's move on. Have you been paying attention to the Summer League? I have been. I've, I've watched more Summer League this year, I think, than I've watched in a while. A lot of that's because of Wimby. But, yeah, I've been watching a ton of Summer League. Yeah, Summer League has been very interesting this year. You know, and I, I, I shout out to – the NBA for actually, you know, keep growing the summer league because, they, you know, once upon a time, summer league wasn't as big as this. We had to really dig deep and try to find links to uh, watch summer league. And for summer league to keep coming on ESPN, all the, all the ESPN, because it's on ESPN, ESPN2, you, you know, uh, all, all their stations. And it, it felt like it, it keeps growing and keep getting bigger each year. And I, I, I feel like that the summer league is, starting to be the most important part of the NBA now, you know, coming in transitioning for the guys coming into uh, trying to make that transition to the NBA. And it's like, you giving them the, uh, 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 a big platform to, to showcase, to see whether your career can either blossom or it can still stay into the G league area or, you know, you fight for your career and, and, and to see, you know, the, put these guys to see where their career going to go at on a big stage in in the beginning of their career. I I, I think it's good for the, for, uh, for them and for the viewers, because some people 
uh, doesn't watch college basketball, you know, or, or follow the NBA G League. And for these guys to come out here on to show their case every year, it, I, I think it's dope for the NBA. I think the NBA is doing a good job with the summer league. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, and they've done a great job in terms of getting the biggest games out to one of the biggest markets in in uh, this country, and that's Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we know about the the Wimby game the other night was uh, the, the Wimby's first game was completely sold out. I mean, you had, yeah. a, you had a packed house like it was a, you know like game seven of the finals. Like there was just so much anticipation around it. Uh, but they've done a great job in marketing it. Um, yeah, and like you said, like the more the more opportunities some of these guys get, a lot of these being G leaguers, like this is this could be their like their last opportunity, their last chance to to potentially make uh, forget an NBA roster, but an NBA training camp roster, and mm-hmm. to get an opportunity to show up and show out is is, is obviously awesome, and uh, you're certainly rooting for these 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 guys to be able to succeed in that regard. Um, but yeah, I think the NBA has done an excellent job. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. Um, is there any team or player or maybe both that's really standing out to you in this um, summer league this year? Well, obviously, I'm watching a lot of Warriors. Uh, there's the kid we drafted. That I, I'm still. I got to learn how to say his last name. Brandon put put Zimsky. I don't, I don't, I'm going to learn how to say it eventually. Our first round pick. Uh, but you know, watching some Warriors summer league. Uh, I hate to give any credit whatsoever. I have a true. Uh, I don't want to say hate because that's too far, but a t- disdain in my soul for anything Cleveland sports. So I don't like giving the Cavs, the Guardians, <laughs> the Browns, any of them any credit whatsoever. But, uh, and shout out to our guy, Mike Guido, here at the Grid Network. I was on that draft show with him uh, about a month ago. He was he kept beating the table. Imani Bates, Imani Bates, Imani Bates. Uh, won his Cavs to draft him. Sure enough, they take him, I think, pick 49, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. listen, he's been incredibly inefficient throughout the, the, these first few games, but he's looked good. He's scored in double figures like you're seeing you know flashes of a guy who you know once upon a time was a a, a highly touted high school prospect obviously had some off the court stuff that sort of hindered that but listen mm-hmm. if he's able to reach his full potential he, he could be a, a very you know i don't want to say special but a, a very effective player uh in the nba but obviously the the headlines everything you know regarding summer league has been centered around wimby rightfully so he's uh the most uh certainly the most hyped prospect since lebron <laughs> back in 03 uh, i don't think there's any question about that uh folks have argued about best i think still think lebron was the better prospect i mean the, the guy came out of you know high school um and and, and did what he did year one but Listen, I think for Wimby, uh, and I don't know, were, were you wanting to go into Wimby discussion? Or? No, let's go, let's go, let's take it there. Let's take yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah, Well, again, the thing with him is obviously he really struggled in that first game, went two for 13, was good in the defensive end. If, I think he had five blocks, if I'm not mistaken, so he was impactful mm-hmm. on that end. But um, again, I think the biggest issue with, with his debut is it didn't seem like San Antonio was running a whole lot of stuff. So it was just get the ball to Wimby, get out of the way. Well, again, I know it is only summer league, but – He's not really capable of doing that, especially at his size yet. His offensive game isn't quite as refined as you would like it to be. Um, right. But I, I, I almost think that, that was a good thing because you saw him sort of bounce back again. It is summer league, but from a little bit of adversity, everybody over the weekend trashing him on social media. Oh, this, he's already a bust. You know, write this guy off after a, a summer league game. Guys even played an actual dribble of NBA basketball. Like, let's let's not be <laughs> a, a little premature on the criticism, in, in my opinion. But listen, he, he comes out his second game, drops 27. He's, you know, knocking down threes. He's shooting over guys. He had the the one putback that he caught himself and, and, and dunked it. So, uh, you know, listen, I, I think you saw some good stuff from him and um, – yeah, I mean, I don't think he could have gone to a better organization to develop. I mean, I mean, that's that's like the Spurs brand. They take a, a big number one overall, and he becomes a Hall of Fame player, uh, being yeah. obviously David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now you certainly hope that'll be the case with Wemby. But uh, that that's been the biggest draw, I think, for me and for a lot of people this summer league. But uh, been watching a lot of Wemby, and I, I must confess, I, I've watched a little bit of Cleveland and Amani Bates has, has been pretty impressive to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same here. I I, I wanted to see how Wemby um, was going to be able to adjust. 
into American basketball a little bit. I, I, I felt like that. I felt like that he can. He needs some more time. Um, sure. He most definitely. Uh, I think he needs to gain just ten more pounds. I think he gotta. He got. He gotta add more uh, meat to them bones, man. Because if he planned on going against a Jokic and an Embiid and even a Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, those type bigs that pretty much a little physical and can get on the block at will, he's going to be easily kind of moved a little bit. Um, right. So I, 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 I would like for him to actually pick up just a little bit more weight, but I'm pretty sure, you know, he's young, he's 19. That weight is going to come uh, eventually. You know, we've seen how Chad Holcomb Bingo. picked up I was gonna say. picked up some picked up some weight, man, and it is starting to fit him. He he's able to um, learn how to move with uh without the ball. He's able to coming off this injury with that weight also, and 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 I I, I foresee Chet Holmgren having a great um first season. You might as well say because he he couldn't play yeah. his rookie season, so this will be his rookie season. I, I can see him having a good season. I can see the Thunder having a a, a, a better season than they did last season. Um, the one of the guys, you know, I'm a Laker fan, and, and the guy I've really been watching is my guy Max Christie. He, he you know, a yeah. second year guy, and he's able to come out the way he's been showing his uh, his elevation, his 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 maturity, and coming to the game. And you can see that hanging with LeBron and AD last year kind of had to mature him a little bit, and he came out different this year. And I, I'm glad that he's really showing that because. Matt Christie is the guy that I'm looking forward to actually showing out this year and getting more time on the floor this year. So, but the guy that really stood out to me is Jabari Smith Jr. For the oh Houston my gosh! Rockets. Yeah, another second year player that's that he he came out and said that his his rookie year was trash and he's this this is the year that he's taken seriously and he's taking a little bit more serious and you can really see that he's taking it serious this year, man. The way he's able to score he's scoring efficient it's not mm-hmm. like he's throwing up shots or forcing up shots he's able to create his own shots and in, in, in the way that he's flowing it and like i said he he's most definitely impressed my eyes this year man and, and shout out to the houston rockets I, I feel like the houston rockets is going to be the best texas team this year i'm gonna go ahead and mark it wow. now i feel like houston is going to take that even next over dallas step. yes I'm still not wow. sold on Dallas because Dallas still have the same team that they tanked with last year. That's a good point. <laughs> a good point. Yeah. And, and they lose, and it's a possibility they're losing Christian Wood also. So, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, Go ahead. I, Sorry. I, I feel like, I feel like that Houston Rockets will be the best team in the Texas this year. That's just that, that, that listen, they, they've made the moves in free agency. They added Van Vliet. Uh, now, listen, again, I, I didn't know, uh, uh, you know, shooting thirty percent got you eighty million dollars a year. That I, I didn't know that that was the thing that he did. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I don't want to talk about him. Uh, but uh, no, Jabari Smith though. Uh, listen, I, I we did a draft show. The, the grid wasn't uh, a network yet, or at least we weren't on YouTube yet. But I did a draft show a year ago with our guy Mike, and, and Barry uh, was on that podcast as well, or on that mm-hmm. stream as well. And listen, I, I think we were all three pretty much in unison. Like Jabari Smith was the best prospect in that year's draft. Listen, I've grown to like Bancaro, Paolo Bancaro mm-hmm. with the Magic. I think mean, he's going to be a solid player in the NBA, maybe an all-star. Yeah. Um, but I think Jabari gives you the, the greatest upside in terms of a scoring ability. He's 
Uh, I think I think we've heard comparisons between Wimby and KD. I think they're kind of different players, uh, certainly yeah. in terms of build and, and, and in their games as well. I think Jabari is the closest thing we've seen to KD since KD. Yeah. Like just his his length, his ability to score, to shoot over guys, his, his height. I was obviously I'm a Tennessee fan, so I've watched a lot of SEC basketball. I saw him a lot at Auburn. Love what mm-hmm. I saw in terms of how he can put the ball on the floor. Uh, and he's right. Listen, his his rookie season was a disappointment, but you know something else too that we we forget. Like one of the biggest offseason acquisitions was not a player, but a coach. Ime Odoka going to Houston. We understand yes. what he did in Boston. Uh, Houston has been just a horrendous defensive team. I think mean, bottom of the league the last couple of years. Well, that's mm-hmm. Ime Odoka's, you know, MO. That's his identity. And so yep. they'll bring that to, uh, to, 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 to the Rockets. And yeah, I, like I said, I'm a big Jabari Smith guy. And I, I, I think he's going to show out, uh, show up and show out this year. I don't know about, I don't know if Houston could be better than Dallas, but listen, if, Listen, you're the same guy who during our NFL draft said that Will Levis would slip to the second round and, you know, <laughs> Will Levis <laughs> slip to the second round. The memes were born that night. So I'll give you – listen, I won't doubt I won't doubt your prediction in that regard, man. Uh, I'm not doubt that. Yeah, I, I've been a little hot lately, man. I've been a little hot. I, hey. I, I counted on uh, Boot Ennis getting – uh, getting his fighter out in in the tenth round, and I was on point on that, man. Yep. So yeah, I, I I I got a little got a little insight on my. When you're hot, you're hot. A little bit, just a little bit. But let's go back to Wimby real quick. How do you feel about the Spurs? You know, shutting him down for the rest of the uh, summer league. Do you? I felt like that even if he wasn't going to play him as much, I felt like that he needed to get his footwork down. A little bit more, and I and I felt like this is the time to ask to get your footwork. You know, behind closed doors work is great. Vengan todos a la venta para amigos y familiares de JCPenney hasta el domingo. Usa el cupón de 30% extra en la tienda y llena tu carrito con estilo y ahorros. Y obtén hasta 60% de descuento en joyería fina y de moda. Además, ahorra hasta 40% en ropa elegante para toda la familia. Compren juntos y luzcan de lo mejor este otoño. JCPenney, vale la pena. Selección de estilos, aplican exclusiones. Cupón y oferta de ropa válidos hasta el 8 de octubre. Oferta de joyería válida hasta el 22 de octubre. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com. But to actually, you know, the to be in the game tempo, I felt like that's where Wimby was 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 low in. Because you know we seen Wimby on the floor a lot, and and just in those two games of the pre uh, um, summer league, and I felt like that he he doesn't he hasn't fully adjusted to the American style of basketball yet. And I felt like even if you're not going to play him the whole game, but just the get him up and down the floor, get some body contact and stuff like that. I felt like that would have benefited him rather than just shutting him down for the whole, um, for the rest of the summer league. What's your opinion on that? I think that's a totally fair, uh, fair opinion in, 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 you know, to, to your credit. Um, Listen, the Spurs are people forget this. They are the organization that kind of invented load management. We, you know, they they had load management before that was even before that was even a term, right? They sent right. Duncan or Parker Ginobili these games. I mean, years ago, before obviously we know Kawhi Leonard was kind of the poster child for it. And we see with the yeah. NBA today with load management. Um, so I, 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 you know, listen again. They're an organization who uh, relies heavily on their doctors, uh, and we understand Wimby. That was sort of his. Uh, I think the only concern about Wimby coming in, obviously, is weight. But you sort of mentioned like he'll eventually put on, you know, uh, he, he grows into his man body as time goes on. That's just going to come with age uh, and, and with attrition. I, I think with Wimby, um, the one concern though was was his feet. Uh, he, he had some he had some uh, foot problems back playing in France. Uh, mm-hmm. But listen, I, I don't think the goal for 
for the Spurs is going to be necessarily, you know, Wimby winning rookie of the year. You're, you know, having him have this, this big 25 point per game campaign. One, I don't think he's quite capable of that just yet. And two, mm-hmm. I think the Spurs, again, they're an organization that is going to rely heavily on, on, on developing, you know, their young guys, Wimby being chief among them. Uh, they've got some other nice uh, young players there. Um, and again, I obviously we know the the new CBA where you have to play like sixty five games to uh, to be qualified to qualify for any awards. Uh, right. I, again, I don't think that's necessarily the goal with Wimby. The goal is for him to, to get better as a player, to work within the Spurs system. Obviously, uh, I, I talked about this uh, before and after the draft that it's kind of poetic justice that the Spurs have had the best international scouts of any organization and the best prospect arguably since LeBron is an international prospect and he goes to San Antonio. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a reward for all their, those scouts, hard labor over the years. Um, yeah. they'll, they'll be smart with him. I, I heard Wimby after his second game, uh, the soundbite where he's talking about how, you know, he, he, this is the longest stretch he's went up until summer league without playing basketball. Cause he's doing all these press tours and workouts and mm-hmm. like not actually playing a basketball game. So, uh, listen, obviously we know that the, the this is, goes with anything in life. The, the the best way to get better is to continue with repetition, doing what you're doing, whether it be basketball, or anything else in life, uh, and certainly any sport. So, as I, I think they'll be smart with Wimby. I, I don't see him playing more than sixty uh, ish games. They're not going to play him a ton of back to backs. Like get his feet right, make sure he's good physically, and get the right. best out of him in terms of his development. So I think the summer league is sort of a, a look into what they're going to do in that regard. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, I most definitely don't see Wimby winning Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't even know who's like clear cut. Maybe Chet Holmgren may, maybe can get Rookie of the Year. Chet can... or Scoot Henderson. Ooh, Those yeah. are my two guys. Okay, okay. I Scoot. love Scoot. Okay, okay. Well, that's why are we on Scoot. Why are we? Why are we here? Why are we here? What do you project Scoot and the Portland Trailblazers doing this year? Listen, I mean they were bottom of the West with Dame. So, and obviously Dame, I think is, is to me, the 10th best player in the NBA. He's obviously a 30 point per game scorer. Uh, but listen, I, I think this is going to be, and we'll see what happens with the Dame trade when it happens. I know that they're, you know, Joe Cronin, their general manager recently, recently made comments saying that, yeah, this, this, if it takes months, it takes months. I don't think it's going to take that long. Eventually Miami uh, and, and Portland's going to come to terms. Dame's going to go there. And obviously Portland will get a ton of assets, but I, I've said for ever since the Dame trade rumors started, seems like two months ago that Portland. I, I think any any rebuilding team, if it's Detroit or Orlando or maybe not San Antonio, since they've got Wimby, but a lot of rebuilding teams look at the Blazers and they're like, "Hey, uh, we, we would love to. We were, we'd love to be in the, your situation where you've got some good young players and Anthony Simons and I love mm-hmm. Shaden Sharp, loved him yeah. coming out of last year's draft." And you've got the most coveted asset in the league. You can get God knows what for Damian Lillard. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, now you add Scoot Henderson to that mix. Uh, listen, as far as Scoot as a player, reason I love him is because I think his. We've seen a lot of athletic point guards, be it you mentioned John Waller in the show, or or John Moran, or Russell Westbrook, guys like that. Derrick Rose uh, coming in the NBA, but really the issue for them has been a their inability to shoot the basketball consistently, and b mm-hmm. their bodies. Aside from Westbrook's, haven't held up all that well. Right. Um, Scoot has an NBA body at 19 years old. Like that's yeah. the thing to me that's really impressive about him is he's got he's got the explosiveness. Now, is he a consistent shooter? No, but if you put the reps in, if you if you're in the gym constantly throughout the season and the off season, you know that that that's something that that the guys can't add. Uh, so, 
I think Scoot's going to be a franchise player for uh, you know for Portland. I don't see them really doing much of anything this year. Again, this they're in a similar situation to San Antonio. Like, see what they've got. Chauncey Billups is a great, I think, developmental coach. He'll get the best mm-hmm. out of those young guys. See what works. See what doesn't. But uh, Port- Portland's in a good situation. They're listen. They're they're one of those organizations that it's it, it's when when they're sort of in that rebuild mode, kind of like the Jazz, kind of like the Rockets we talked about earlier. Like when they're rebuilding, it usually it's 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 pretty quick. It's not like a a trust the process and it takes them half a decade to. <laughs> relevant like you know portland's got the assets they got the young players and i could see them within the next two to three years being like okc being a, a team that's on the verge of a playoff uh berth yeah I'm, I'm with you on that one i'm with you on that um back to the summer league um you know at the end of the at the end of the summer league the, the two best teams will fight for a championship see who be the champion the summer league champion and now that they get championship rings now in my opinion i don't like it I feel I understand that some of these guys it's, it's probably going to be the biggest stage for some of these guys' careers. Um, but I feel like championship rings are meant for finals, in my opinion. You you have to go to that long strive goal, man. And if you get there, because it's a lot of greats that don't have rings, you know, yeah. like a Charles Barkley, a Carmelo, a Carmelo, um, um, you know, Carl the Malone. list Carl Malone, uh Allen Iverson. Yep. Is all these greats doesn't have big rings, but majority of these greats have at least been on the stage. And you know, you, I, I feel like these summer league rings are like participation trophies a little bit. You know, you I, I don't really take them serious because you know, at the end, if these guys don't really, you know, go deep into the playoffs or go deep into the finals or find a team that can, you know, carry their career to the finals, it's like They'd be holding on to a summary, a summer league ring for forever. It, I, like I said, I feel like the finals rings are, are important. So what's your opinion on, on the summer league rings? I mean, listen, I, I, I would, I mean, if I were commissioned the NBA, I don't think giving guys summer league rings would be like the top of my agenda, but uh, listen, that's, that's the decision they made. And we, we've seen that, you know, using college sports as an example, and obviously, I think winning, for example, winning the SEC or the Big Ten or something or the, uh, you know, the, the Big Twelve is, is is a bigger accomplishment, I think, than, than winning a summer league title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see guys get rings for winning bowl games, which you know, half these bowl games nobody watches, like the right. the you know the 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 Capo one, like Cheese It Bowl in in uh, <laughs> in New Mexico. I I, I don't know, like no, you know, no, nobody's watched these games, but you get rings for it. So listen, I, in a perfect world, I'm with you. I think ch- uh, championship rings should be given out, not even to finalists, because you get in the NFL. If you win your conference, you you get a championship ring, or you get a, a conference uh, NFC or AFC title ring. Uh, right. I think it should be reserved for for Super Bowls, for NBA Finals, for World Series, for Stanley Cups, and for national championships. But uh, listen, at the end of the day, that's that's the decision they made. And listen, like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys who won't even come close to sniffing a championship ring because they probably won't even get to the NBA. Uh, so you know, so if it gives an opportunity, to sort of just uh, feel that moment for a little bit. I, I don't have a, 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 a huge issue with that. Yeah, I'm with you. But, hey, you know, shout out to the NBA. Like I say, if you feel like it's important to give these guys rings because they might be their only chance of getting a ring, then, hey, you know, more power to them. All right, Bryce, man, as we wrapping up this show, man, I like to start – I want to try this new thing. And it's pretty much you have about 30 seconds to a minute to give out uh, your opinion on a random sports topic. doesn't matter what it is, any sports – anything you know what i mean you have the floor 30 seconds is yours my guy what do we have okay so 
off the top of my head, I'm thinking about just all these things that are happening in sports right now. We know that this is kind of the the dead time of year. Uh, here's what's kind of at the top of my agenda right now in terms of of, of what's going on in terms of uh, all, all, all the things to be passionate about in the world of sports. Mm-hmm. If I have to hear one more time from any pundit, from anybody, any podcaster, even some here at the Grid Network, uh-oh, about how somehow, some way that the Dak Prescott is the issue in Dallas, that he is what's holding the Cowboys back from from Super Bowl contention. I've heard certain uh, anchors and analysts, some of which I have all the respect in the world for, talk about he's not good enough to get to an NFC title game. I would make the strong case that that's actually the Cowboys brand. Not necessarily Dax. That's not unique to Dak. That's just the Cowboys, and that's what they do. They don't get to NFC title games, at least in the last quarter century. Uh, Brad Johnson, <laughs> Blake Bortles, Trent Dilfer, certain guys that have – Mark Sanchez got two conference title games. I think it's fair to say that Dak is probably just a little bit better than some of those guys. So uh, I think this whole thing about, uh, oh, Dak's not good enough. No, no, no. The organizational structure in Dallas is not good enough to Ooh. get them to a conference championship <laughs> game. That's all I got to say. Oh, we Dallas Cowboys. It's not that Prescott. It is the organization itself. So Dallas, you got to do better. You heard from my guy, Bryce, man. You heard it from Bryce. All right, Bryce, man, go ahead and give the world, give the people where we can find you. Where, how can we find you? All right, so obviously I'm going to be – I do my show live on the Grid Network YouTube channel as well as my personal YouTube channel, Carving It Up. Subscribe to both. I'm also live on my uh, Carving It Up Twitter accounts. I don't know if Threads is going to be allowing you to stream anytime soon. We'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but, yeah, Monday, Thursday, Friday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific – 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time, uh, Twitter – uh, carving it up YouTube channel, Grid Network YouTube channel. Man, we talk about everything going on in sports. NFL, NBA, obviously NFL's coming up soon. Like it's it's like like just a few weeks from training camp. I can't. I know you're a Ravens fan. Like you're excited about it. Uh, everybody's excited about training camp. It's like it's it's that close. Yes, uh, college football, Major League Baseball. There's you know Tony story, and there's the playoffs come up in a few months. So excited about that. So. Listen, any and everything going on in the world of sports, you can find on Carving It Up Live. We have some great guests. You were one of them uh, yes, pretty recently, but. Listen, right now I'm on uh, sort of like a, a mini holiday, mini vacation, like about just take a couple weeks off, recharge the batteries, get back to the grind uh, on July 24th. And on July 24th, a little teaser here uh, on my my thoughts, my opinion uh, podcast, uh, I announced back in January, because folks don't know this, I was a big, it's the reason I went and rant on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I was a Cowboys fan from as far back as I can remember to the middle of the 2020 season. And the reason I broke off from the Cowboys is because simultaneously with that, going back to his days in college at Mississippi State, I was a big Dak Prescott fan. I've always been a big Dak guy. And when they didn't give him that contract and when he broke his ankle in that week five game against the Giants, it just, it it tore me apart. I said, I'm I'm out of the Cowboys. I'm just going to support Dak. But over the last two and a half years, it's been like, it, it, it it doesn't feel like that like that same excitement, that same luster of rooting for like I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm wearing a Red Sox hat or a, a Warriors uh, a win or a Tennessee Balls, whatever sport it is, win. And so like I got to pick a team. I'll still support Dak. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, you know, I, I need to pick a team. And what it's come down to, you won't like one of the options. Uh, I've just I've narrowed it down to the San Francisco 49ers or your I'm sure beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, it's between those two. And yeah, I, I know that's 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 like that made your day right there. Hey, hey, listen, you told me you were a Lakers fan, so we're even now. We're even. Uh, but yeah, I will be deciding between one of those two. I just want to make it make it known out there. I've already made my decision. 
But July 24th, the Steelers or the 49ers will be my new NFL team. You will not want to miss that. 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, July 24th. I can tell David is at the front of that line in excitement. How do you feel about the Steelers? I, can't. I, can't the Steelers? <laughs> I hope you pick the Steelers. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Because oh. I'm going to give you hell all year <laughs> if you wind up picking the Steelers. Oh, man. I'm trying to tell. Please. Pick the steps. I will be, you know, I, I I am a regular, so I will be commenting on that <laughs> on your on your show, man. I cannot wait. Tune oh in, my goodness! Oh, tune in. And please, everybody, tune in because I will be trolling him as he makes his decision. <laughs> I, I, boy, I hope you pick the Steelers, man. <laughs> oh man, that's dope. Man, Bryce, man, I appreciate you hopping on, man. Like I said, man, I I'm a huge fan of yours, man. I. I I believe that you will continue to grow your podcast. You will be grow into the uh, uh, um, and analysis that you are, the create uh, content created that you are, man. I wish you nothing but the best. I ho- I can't wait for you to pick your team. I hope I can give you help, <laughs> man. I, and, and enjoy your mini little vacation, also, man. I can't wait for you to get back and get back into the grind. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show. I, I just want to throw this out there for all that are, are watching and listening because I, I honestly believe this from the bottom of my heart. You have been an awesome addition to the network. You're doing great stuff with this podcast, with your Ravens podcast, putting out great content. You you work your your tail off. So I really appreciate the the the, the grind that you have brought uh, to, to this network. Uh, you've been an incredible addition. And hey, listen, you, you're a fan of me, and I genuinely appreciate that. That goes both ways, man. I'm a fan of you, a fan of your podcast, uh, a fan of, of how you approach things. So just continue to keep doing what you're doing. And uh, listen, I think the sky's the limit for you and, and, and for this network. So I uh, really appreciate you having me on the show, man. Man, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guy Bryce Carver of Carving It Up. Bryce Carl. Appreciate you, Bryce. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right. And as I wrap this show up, man, I greatly appreciate everybody that tuned in, man. Like I said, go follow my man, Bryce, man. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed in any content that he throws out. But as I'm wrapping this show up, man, please go tell a friend that can be a friend that can possibly want to be your friend that MTMO Sports Podcast and The Grid Network is out here and we putting out dope content and we will not stop until we in the front of the line, you feel me? So make sure y'all go follow us on YouTube, on uh, IG, on Facebook, on Twitter, anywhere these uh, social media platforms, just make sure y'all go follow us. And also remember that August 3rd, is my MTMO second year anniversary show, man. And I cannot wait. Make sure y'all go out, subscribe, make sure y'all share, make sure y'all comment, bring all the love on that day. Cause I guarantee it's a celebration you do not want to forget, man. So also shout out, finish giving out the shout outs, man. Shout out to all the grid network, man. All the all the content creators on that on our uh network, man. Keep doing what y'all doing. Keep grinding like Bryce. Bryce just said, man, sky's the limit for us. Make sure y'all go out there and check out all the content creator shows, man, whether it's covering it up with Bryson, whether it's uh, at the bank, whether it's um, 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 real talk um, sports. Doesn't matter what it is. I guarantee you we got dope contents, man. I, 
and you will enjoy it, man. Make sure y'all already know that my social media platforms is right here. Uh, been scrolling at the bottom. Make sure y'all go ahead and hit that um follow button. Uh, what else? Shout out to my girls, my favorite ladies, Locked In Sports. Make sure y'all go out there and check out episode 16, man. I guarantee you it's a dope show, a dope episode y'all don't want to miss. I guarantee you. Make sure y'all check out my guy, Rod, from the Raw Assistant Network. He most definitely is a guy that you want to check out, man, because he most definitely is a troll, man. He, he always trolling, man, as, as always. <laughs> um. Uh, what else? Uh, that's pretty much all I have, man. And, and like I said, man, I greatly appreciate my man Bryce for coming on, man. I appreciate everybody that keep on viewing and just keep running it up, man. Make sure y'all go check out at the bank, of Baltimore Ravens podcast also. And remember that, that I am going live Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern standard time. The first live show for at the bank. And it's going to be a dope show i guarantee y'all y'all know how i do you feel me man just make sure y'all tune in this sun uh, this saturday 10 a.m eastern standard time for at the bank the baltimore ravens podcast you feel me because it's always big trust when it comes to us you feel me and as always man check me out and i'm out picture yourself wrapped in its softness whether you're enjoying a captivating tv show gathered around a crackling campfire or cheering for your favorite football team. Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com.